This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and 920-1260 and 1420-AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. Before this half hour is over, you are going to have two new questions to post on your computer or your refrigerator or your bathroom mirror or wherever it is you receive your daily inspiration reminders. Two new questions that stop me in my tracks. Those coming up from Gita Nankarni. When I go out to do inspirational speaking and retreats and things like that. The first thing I always say my intention today is to have this be the day that your life changes. That's my intention to give you a starting point. Like this is the day. It is really going to change from here. Well, today I met a woman by the name of Dara Barlin. She used to be from Rockland County here in New York. She's now out on the other coast. And she is the founder and CEO of the Center for Transforming Culture. She's transforming the whole culture. And she wrote a book, A New Kind of Power, using human-centered leadership to drive innovation, equity, and belonging in government institutions. So what I want you to think about now is the culture of your workplace or the culture of a workplace maybe that you know of. Could that culture be changed? Is the culture at work based on punishment or kindness? Dara Barlin's business is to foster the latter. So the Center for Transforming Culture is basically a space that is trying to focus on supporting corporations, government agencies, and NGOs in moving away from the command and control style of leadership that is traditional in most workplace cultures and move towards the engage and inspire approach to leadership. Uh, And this one transition, the research is showing, improves innovation, collaboration, productivity, wellness, and basically a host of other outcomes that allow employees and their institutions to thrive. All right, but I would imagine the first step is this um, this place of business would want to change. Yes, this is actually a great question. Um, I think a lot of the work that we're doing is building the case for why it makes so much sense to change. And a lot of times people at different levels of an organization will want to change, but getting the senior folks to want to change is probably the, the biggest nut to crack. If you can get to the senior leadership, then you can really focus on transforming. Um, and if you can't, then it's going uh, to be like pulling teeth a little bit. Dara Barland, what made you say, I'm going to try to change the culture of business in America? So I would say there's probably two different answers to that. One is personal and one is professional. So on the personal level, I just have seen so many smart, capable, intelligent, kind, charismatic people who have basically, um, I've seen their souls a, a bit destroyed by what happens in the workplace. Uh, you know, they, they've just been engaged with bosses who focus on 
um, just creating such a negative culture. And they're good people. They're bosses I've known. They're managers. Uh, but the managers are good people who don't know how to lead with, by inspiring. They know how to engage in top-down management. And that top-down management has meant that uh, the people in the workspace and the people who I've known personally, people who I've dated, best friends, who I've seen crumble and mental health crumble, uh, because leaders are taking this approach to top-down leadership. And my colleagues and my friends and my partners have felt belittled and uh, it really just affects them in such a negative way. And I, that really, for me, has been in, in my heart the entire time. Uh, however, I think professionally, everything changed for me. So I had that in my heart. Then one day, I heard the term that changed my life forever. And the term was, or the idiom, metaphor, whatever you want to call it, the term was culture eats strategy for breakfast. And oh, you got to say that again. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. I don't know what that means. So what that means is no matter how wonderful your strategy is, no matter how powerful or smart or engaging, if people in the office are feeling frustrated, if there's conflict, if there's apathy, uh, if there are blame games going on, then that strategy is not going to be effective over the long term. Mm -hmm. And this phrase was being thrown about the highest levels of corporations, uh, in, in philanthropic organizations, in government agencies. And so what we were learning is that this piece of the puzzle has been missing. We haven't really been focusing on culture. It's sort of this knowledge that this exists, but nobody's known how to address it. And right. so that's where I wanted to take a step up and take my swing and say, listen, there's got to be a way to address this. And I think people tend not to want to address it if they don't think they have capacity to address it because, you know, it involves emotions. <laughs> it involves right. relationships. That feels messy to people, and that feels hard to people. So my, my contribution has been to say, you know what, there's ways of doing this. We can create systems. We can create protocols that actually support and build those relationships in ways that feel easier, in ways that make it less me messy, more tangible. And uh, I've been working to share those strategies with people around the country, and and it seems to be working. We're getting some good data from it. Dara Barlin, founder and CEO of the Center for Transforming Culture. I know people listening have either worked in or work in workplaces where they are threatened, humiliated, intimidated, scoffed at, treated poorly daily. Like that's so common. I hear uh -huh. about it all the time. Uh -huh. and, and it's shocking. And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of go back to like pre-1950s when parents used to spank their kids. Uh you know what I mean? Parents used to yeah. spank their kids, and that's the way it was. Now, mm -hmm. that spanking still exists in so many corporate environments where people are humiliated and threatened and belittled and screamed at and hung up on and, you know, called out and embarrassed at meetings. That culture is still alive and well in the workplace. So I feel like we've got some catching up to do. I'm just so surprised there are people 
out there trying to do it on the whole. So I'm now your biggest fan. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much. And I love that metaphor, you know, the spanking idea, because the, the way we treat each other is, uh, you know, similar to emo- what I call emotional violence. And mm-hmm. what we're finding is getting yelled at, getting publicly humiliated. These are all things that have just as damaging effects as actual physical violence, sometimes mm-hmm. even more so, more and more longstanding. And it's gotten so bad that there was a poll done by Gallup, uh, and they found that 85% of people around the world hate their job. Wow. hate their job. You know, I, I dislike pepper, peppers on my food, but I wouldn't say I hate them. Yeah. Like, hate is a strong, strong word, and I think it's because of this issue that you're talking about, right? This is regular practice mm-hmm. in the workplace, and, you know, until recently, people haven't really been focused on, on addressing it. Right. And I think it's even more glaring now that so many people have spent so much time at home and now it's like, oh, my God, I got to go back to the office and, you know, get go back into that atmosphere. But even so, people even on Zoom, you know, I would have girlfriends call me saying I had that 830 Zoom meeting and I'm crying. I'm crying on the Zoom because they're so mean. All right. Talk to the people who work in a place where there is emotional violence. What can we do? How can we arm ourselves or educate ourselves? So I would say there's a, a, a couple of different ways to go with this. The first thing is you don't want to go it alone. <laughs> you want to find like-minded people to come together and, and figure out the game plan, right? Um, so usually in any space where there's a strong command and control style leadership, there will be a number of employees and, by the way, managers who also recognize how uh, damaging this culture is. So get together with other like-minded folks. However, at that point, you know, it it could be easy to vent and really just focus on the venting, and that's important to to validate the emotion, but let's figure out what the action plan is. And the first action plan that I always suggest is get some data, because if you want higher-ups uh, you know, senior folks to really pay attention. You got to show them how this is impacting them. Uh, and so I have a culture survey, but you don't need to do mine. You can create yours that basically shows how people are feeling about the culture and how it impacts uh, the, the, their ability to do good work. That's when people, uh, the, more senior la- letter, the more senior layers of folks tend to start paying attention is when they see uh, it's not just about people's emotions. It's that these emotions are affecting the work. Right. Uh, so that is where, uh, where I think you can get the, the biggest bang for your buck is going in and, and trying to get that data. Um, and that might mean, hey, going in and talking to them about saying, we'd like to do this survey. Can we do this in partnership with you? Just starting the conversation somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would also suggest finding some resources you know, my organization is a, uh, one of the first to sort of come out there and, and say that we're focusing on this, but we're certainly not the only. There's lots of resources out there uh, to, that are saying we focus on culture transformation so we can support you in doing this work. I think that's the other reason why senior leaders don't engage in it is they don't see a path forward for how to do it. So if there are groups or resources that you can bring in, or if any employees really feel that they know what to do, or they feel in their hearts they can figure it out. A lot of folks are figuring it out on their own once the conversation has opened up. 
then you can sort of take leadership and, and create the game plan. Because without a game plan, it's just a lot of words and people feeling frustrated. Uh, but if you focus on what the solutions are, then you can get a lot more traction. All right. So we could suggest to HR or to other people in power that perhaps it's time for a cultural survey to see how people are feeling in the workplace. Yes, yes. And seeing how that culture affects the outcomes of the workplace. All right. Tell us about your book, Dara Barlin. So this book is actually an extension of what we were just talking about, right? That we have these challenging cultures where there's a lot of fear, a lot of intimidation, and this is across a lot of different workplaces. In fact, I'd say all sectors have this in some places, perhaps, as the research would suggest, most places. Um, However, I would say it gets worse in government institutions. And the reason why it's worse is because government institutions tend to be so hierarchical, right? Our our political system is hierarchical. Uh, And so what we're trying to do is actually articulate that because of this very strong top-down way of being, we're actually creating worse policy. We're having worse outcomes for our entire nation. And so it affects everybody. It doesn't just affect the employees, it affects everyone. And so uh, this book is, is my attempt to go out there and say, hey, folks, this is the way the culture has been, but it doesn't have to be that way. We can change it, and it's actually not that hard to do so. So it's filled with strategies and stories of people who have transformed government culture, but it also takes a cold, hard look at, you know, on why the culture is is so challenging in the first place. Dara, I want you to say a few words to the people who are treated well at work. So... I am so grateful for those of you who have the opportunity to experience a positive workplace culture. So when people have that, that positivity at work, there are so many great things that come of it. You know, the first, obviously, is the wellness component. People are feeling less stressed um, and people are feeling uh, really positive about the work, but it allows them to be in better flow with their work, which means better results. It means the better quality work, more innovation, uh, better collaboration. Uh, there's so uh, more creativity and how you solve problems quicker, more efficient way of solving problems, more nimbleness. There's so many outcomes I could just go on and on and on. Um, but those who are in it really love going to work. They appreciate it. They feel inspired by it. They feel rejuvenated by it. And that's what we want to get to. We want to get to ensure that everyone gets those good feelings and those good vibes when they're going to work. So if you're one of those lucky people that has that type of environment, maybe this is an appropriate time to think about how can you extend that type of culture to, into other spaces can you mentor folks who in other spaces? Can you talk to senior leadership about saying, hey, this whole thing about emotional intelligence that people are talking about, how can we build it in more cultures? How can you take a leadership position so that more people in the workspace can benefit like you've been benefiting? Now tell everybody where we can go for more information. Uh, so for more information, you can go to my website, centerfortransformingculture.com. You can also find me on Clubhouse, Dara Barlin. Or you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is Dare Me Dara. Dara Barlin. 
the Center for Transforming Culture. Very interesting. Well, if you would like to transform anything in your life, our next guest can help you do that in 15 minutes a day or less. Gita Nadkarni has written a book, How to Live Your Vision, Manifest Your Dream Reality in Less Than 15 Minutes a Day. Gita, what gives you the experience to write a book like this? I've done it. What a great question. I'm so glad that you asked that question because too often I feel like people teach what they're just learning. But if you're going to write a book and people are actually going to take your advice, you need to have some experience under your belt. So I have used the methods that I talk talk about in this book for more than four years now. And they've worked. They've helped me go from having $300 in my bank account to now running a multi-million dollar business. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in, Gita. <laughs> Take me along. How do, do we have to be very clear about our vision when we start? It certainly helps. And I think that you're, again, your instincts are bang on. I think a lot of times people aren't as clear as they could be about their vision. And the reason they're not getting what they want is because they're not sure what it is. So sometimes I work with clients who literally, if, what they want bit them on the ankle, they would just shake it away and be really mad. I have a whole chapter dedicated to fleshing out your vision. And this is something that I teach all my clients to do when I work with our clients that help to help them build their own million dollar businesses. That's one of the first, that is literally one of the first things that we do is to say, what is it that you actually want that's in your voice? Not the voice of your parents, the voice of society, the voice of your kids, the voice of work, the voice of all of these other voices in your head. So important because then you can, and, and it's not just about the outward manifestations of a particular vision, like you might want a dream house or a particular kind of car or some kind of you know, revenue in your bank account. It's what's the feeling, the physical sensation or the emotion that you believe you will only have when you acquire that goal, that object, that achievement. Mm. Mm. So there's nuance to it. Gita, I talk about this all the time. My listeners have heard me say, feel the thing you want to feel right now. Conjure that feeling and you are closer to your dream. Mm -hmm. You have to know what it feels like or what you think it's going to feel like or what you want it to feel like and that helps for sure to clarify and it also like pulls it into you. Then you can practice feeling the feeling. Yes. Is that what you do in 15 minutes a day? Do you practice the feeling? Yes. And that piece only really takes about five to seven minutes. The reason that it's so effective is because sometimes what will happen is you will get what creates that feeling. Once you, First of all, when you practice feeling the feeling, the science behind this is very clear. When you practice feeling the feeling, you're actually wiring certain neurons together. You're making it a slippery slope for you to feel a particular way, which, which is a good thing, right? Th- these are the feelings you want to feel. So it, it's easier for you to feel positive. It's easier to, for, you, for you to feel expansive. Now that you've practiced that, what ends up happening sometimes, and this has certainly happened to me, and I can give you an example from my own life, if you, if you choose, <laughs> a few years ago, we were living in a two-bedroom condo. And my husband and I, we had two children. We had a dog and two cats. And we worked from home. So our house was trying to be too many things. And it was just too cramped and ridiculous. 
And we wanted to move into a bigger space. And I couldn't afford to live where I wanted to live with the kind of house that I wanted to have. Part of my problem was also, I'm like, how many bedrooms does it need to be? What does the lawn need to look like? I'm visual, but these details were driving me crazy. Got really stressed when I was trying to vision it. And then at some point I thought, you know what? I don't care about the details. I want the feeling of the house. I'm going to figure out what is the feeling I'm trying to feel in this house. That expansiveness, the light, having noisy brunches with lots of kids running around, having my friends over. Like, those were the feelings that I wanted to feel, feeling safe in my space. And then what happened was I thought we were going to buy a house. What ended up happening is that my next door neighbor in the same condo building moved out and wanted to rent his space. So what we ended up doing was we moved into his condo, which is where we now live, and the condo we own is my workspace. So I have an entire condo dedicated to to being my office. Wow. I have all that expansion, all that light, and I had no down payment. Wow. But I knew that it was the right thing, even though it... Do you see what I mean? Yes, I It was I crazy. Like, I suddenly expanded my living situation completely, but I didn't need that giant down payment. I didn't need to spend a million dollars and do things that I didn't have. But I knew when the opportunity knocked, it created that feeling in me. And I was like, wow, weird. Like, why am I feeling those, my house feelings, when it's coming in a completely different flavor? Mm. That's what the magic is. Right, right. Wow. All right. So feel the feeling and not get too hung up on individual um, details. Uh, details, right. Not, not, don't get too, add the details, but don't fall in love and marry the details. Okay, got it. We, Correct. We were just talking about people in abusive work situations. How can you help people mm. manifest their dream reality in 15 minutes a day to create a new career or find a new job? So there are several pieces to the practice, and I detail them in great detail in the book. And even though there's lots of detail, the book will take you less than two hours to read. So this isn't going to be one of those books where you're like, oh, I read the first two chapters, and now who knows when I'm going to have time. Like, we have clients. I'm a really slow reader, and it took me three hours to read it cover to cover. So what you're going to do in the morning is you're going to sit down, and you're going to write. You're going to do a want practice. So this is where I write down what I want. So if you want to get out of a toxic job situation, you have to stop thinking about the toxicness of the job situation. And you have to be thinking about what do I want? So a simple way to think about this, you know, if you're a parent or if you have ever trained a dog, you can't tell your dog what not to do. Telling a, a child, no, don't do that is actually a very ineffective suggestion. What you need to do is tell the child what to do. Tell the dog what to do instead. It's the same with your subconscious. So you want to tell yourself, what do I want? What is the opposite of this? What is the thing I'm moving towards, right? And you're going to write that down. And as you write it down, you're saying, I want to work in a company that really values me because I want to feel, and that's the really magic part, I want to feel, and then you want to tap into either the emotion or the physical sensation that you want to feel. And you're going to put that in a bracket. You're going to put that there. And then you're going to do this exercise every single day. And you're going to get crystal clear on what you want, and you're going to, you're going to train your body to know it when it shows up. So that's the first piece. Then throughout the day, you're going to ask yourself, I put these, <laughs> I'm not a very disciplined person, so I've had to design my life to work even at 60%. That's what one of my gifts is. I, I can design for people who are less than perfect like me. So what I do is I have post-its in my office and in my bathroom and on my fridge, and they ask these two core questions. 
what's the best and highest use of my time and what is the help what help am i willing and able to receive because now you're training your subconscious to start noticing when the universe is delivering to you exactly what you freaking want but most of us are very bad at recognizing it when it shows up we yearn for it but we don't recognize it Gita, so Gita, that Gita. trains my subconscious Does this make sense? What's the best and highest use of my time and what help am I willing to uh what did you say uh, willing and able to receive? Oh what help gosh. am I willing and able to receive? Geeta Nadkarni. Follow her at Life with Geeta on Instagram. All right, so you know I have sticky notes all over my world, but my new sticky notes I'm going to put them so big so my honey can see them too. What is the best and highest use of my time right now? And the other is what help am I willing and able to receive? We have got to get together soon. Don't you feel it? I feel it. Come to the market on the river uh Sunday. July 11th we've got a chakra talk at 11:00 at 9 in the morning we have a painting class on the river's edge. We're going to paint the sunrise. with an artist. Everything you need is there. I'm even going to bring breakfast. Uh I'm collecting shoes. If you live in Westchester or the Hudson Valley, I really 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 need hundreds of pairs of shoes. I'm raising money by selling these shoes to a third party so uh I can paint the pantry. I don't like to use food money for painting. I think our work here today is done and now we need a thought for the day. Ringo Starr turned 81 on Wednesday and he has the same wish every birthday is that no matter where you are on the planet when it's 12 noon your time on his birthday which is July 7th you just say peace and love. So our thought for the day is from Ringo Starr who also said, "Well, I'm getting happier all the time," which is very nice. Shana You've been listening to Shine On the Health and Happiness Show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and 920, 1260 and 1420 AM all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at kc.co. That's k a c e y .co. Shine On.